New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey friends, Ben Curtis here, and today I'll be reading from Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 through 10 from the New International Version. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Eat nothing containing yeast. Today in the month of Aviv, you are leaving. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, and Hivites, and Jebusites, the land that he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you are to observe this ceremony in this month. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast. And on the seventh day, hold a festival to the Lord. Eat unleavened bread during those seven days. Nothing with yeast in it is to be seen among you, nor shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders. On that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time year after year. I think you would agree with me that saying something and doing something are two completely different things. Talk is a lot easier than action. For example, it's easy to say that you love someone, but it's very hard to actually love that person by sacrificing for them day after day after day. Saying that we believe God is trustworthy and that God is faithful, that's very different than actually walking that out and and trusting God on a daily basis. In these first two verses, there is a principle here that we're going to see throughout the whole chapter, and that is this, everything belongs to God. God instructs Moses to tell the Israelites to consecrate or set apart as holy, that's really what that word means, all of the firstborn. Now, why does he do this? Well, One, he's God. He owns all things, so he can do that. And and second, though, he's calling on the Israelites to exercise faith. You know, as I was uh, thinking about this text, the question I had to ask myself, does my life reflect that truth that God owns everything? I agree with that in principle, that, yeah, of course, God owns everything. But, you know, because of my sinful heart, a lot of times I begin to act in a way that says I own everything. That's just my natural tendency. But treating everything as if it belongs to God, that's supernatural. That requires faith. Every decision that you and I make regarding money, regarding stuff, property, it's a statement about whether or not God can be trusted. Sometimes when I spend money on stuff, I'm quite honestly looking for something to satisfy me because I'm not ultimately satisfied with God. And this can also play out in our giving. Can I really afford to give generously and regularly to the church. I think every couple 
uh, every single has asked that question. Can I really afford to give generously and regularly to worthy ministries? And when we answer that question in the negative, what we're saying is, God, I don't trust you to do more with the leftover money that I could do with 100% of it myself. Here's to me the real question of this, these verses. How do I know that I can trust God? How do I know that? And that question is answered in part in verses 3 through 10 for the Israelites. When they ask that question, how do I know? How do we know that we can trust God? God's answer is he calls them back to look at the Exodus. Look back at what I did for you. Let me read verse 3 again. God says, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Now, why does he want them to commemorate that day? Well, the next line says, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. See, faith is not uh, a leap in the dark. Faith is always based on God's character. Faith is always based on God's past actions on behalf of his people. The exodus from Egypt was one of those past actions. And it would, from, from now on, it would be a continual reminder to the people that God could be trusted because God proved himself. He proved that nothing is too hard for him. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that would actually become an annual reminder of this, an annual reminder of the Exodus. God says that they are on the first month or the first month of the year from the 14th to the 21st. He tells them not to eat any leavened bread. He said, I don't even want to see it in your territory, in your borders. Why? Because this is to remind you, again, it's a reminder that I brought you out of the land of Egypt with a strong hand. This deliverance was so swift, it was so sudden that they didn't even have time for their bread to rise. They walked out with unleavened bread. And so this Feast of Unleavened Bread is to be this reminder not only for the adults, but if you notice, it's also a teaching point for the next generation because it's just natural that children are going to ask questions, right? Have your children ever asked why? Why do we do this? And God gives the parents this response. I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. So this gives every Israelite the chance to stand up before their kids or maybe even before sojourners who have come into the land and to just say to them, you know, when the human race was rebelling against God, God chose this man, our forefather named Abraham. Even though Abraham was a pagan, he was an unbeliever, he didn't deserve it. Abraham did many ungodly things before and after God spoke to him and called him, but he said, Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And that nation grew to 70 people. And according to God's promise, all the way back in Genesis 15, those 70 people were brought into Egypt, and then they were enslaved for 400 years. And God allowed all this so that he could demonstrate his power in bringing his people out of slavery. And just as these Israelite parents had this opportunity, uh, even if you're not a parent, you and I have multiple opportunities throughout each and every week to have these conversations with our coworkers, with our kids. You know, uh, your, your children might ask questions like, Mom and Dad, why do we pray before we eat? Mom and Dad, why do we spend Sunday worshiping with the church? Why do we make small group such a priority? Why do we give to missions? Why do we do whatever it is we do? And each and every time, that's an opportunity for us to say to them, we do these things because we were once slaves to sin, and God brought us out of slavery through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Every person needs a Savior. 
And that means you, son, and that means you, daughter. You need a Savior too. And that Savior is Jesus. There's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So again, whether you're a parent or not, each of us, we have a multitude of opportunities to give a reason for the hope that is within us, as 1 Peter 3.15 says. But we've got to take advantage of those things. You know, this week I got so busy and I have to do this from time to time. Sometimes I just have to stop and I just have to be honest with God and I have to say, God, I can't remember what I'm doing. You know, I'm I'm busy. I'm answering emails. I'm checking on people. I'm working on podcasts. I'm, I'm doing some biblical counseling training and I'm doing all this other stuff. And, and sometimes you forget. And so I went to First and Second Timothy because just like Israel, I need reminders. And I needed God to remind me of why I'm here on this earth. And God reminded me through the Apostle Paul as I read some verses out of First and Second Timothy, Ben, your job as a pastor is to minister the word. Your job as a pastor is to do the work of an evangelist. Your job as a pastor is to equip the saints, the church, for the work of the ministry. When God reminds me of my purpose in that way, the fog clears. I need those reminders, and I think you do too. So here's a reminder that the Israelites needed, and this is a reminder that we all need as well, because everything belongs to God. God calls on us to trust Him with everything, our time and our talents and our treasure. You know, oftentimes faithfulness in the small things is a lot harder than faithfulness in the big things. Sometimes it's easier to just sell everything than it is to live faithfully, giving away more and more of our lives each and every day for the kingdom. Sometimes it's harder to stay where you are than maybe move across the world. But the acts of faith that God calls us to on a day-to-day basis are often not big. They're often small acts of faith. They're not glorious. They're, They're just mundane everyday activities. You know, it's not something you get on Facebook and write about. It's just something that you do. Friends, listen, God owns all things, and He's called us to trust Him with all things. So the big question that I want to leave you with today is this. Will I trust God with everything, and will I exercise that trust daily, being faithful to Him in the little things? Well, that's all for today. I hope you have a blessed day, and we want to thank you again so much for joining us on this episode of Reading Through the Scripture Podcast. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you Monday.